welcome to episode two of Card Culture. This is Kevin, and with me is Dan. How's it going, Kevin? Hey, do you notice my voice is different? I went through puberty. Yeah, finally. You're only almost 40 years old, and it's about time you went through uh, puberty. <laughs> yeah, I've been taking some uh, HGH, and I found it's really improved the depth of my voice. The tenor, the t- tenor is timbrate. What's that word? I, I don't know. I just know I that there, know. there'll probably be some negative side effects, but at least your voice sounds normal now. Yeah, no, I've definitely noticed that I have, I have bumps all over my body, like little tumors. <laughs> well, hey, uh, we're going to be talking today about this, this whole, I, I feel like the card culture is almost in competition with itself right now in terms of investment versus collecting that obviously over the past couple of years, we've seen a, a drastic shift toward investment, although that's always been there. I think that's a huge topic of conversation and a lot of people are getting into the hobby because of investment and just the idea of, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, And is he a villain? Is he a hero? I don't know. But uh, the idea of collecting as well. So I I think it'll be interesting to, to chat about any initial thoughts or how about this? If you, if you had a pie, what's your favorite kind of pie? Um, I like peach pie. Okay. Peach pie. If you had a peach pie, which how many slices, let's say it's cut into 10 slices. How many slices of the peach pie? This is a metaphor, by the way. I don't know if you picked up on this. <laughs> it's going to be a metaphor. Damn, how many slices pie. of the of the pie for you is investment? And how many slices of the pie for you is like collecting for fun? I would say that, um, let's call it five slices. So half the pie is short-term investment. And then I would say two to three slices are long-term investment. And then two to three slices are collecting for just me. For example, I've, I got that 1933 Goody Babe Ruth. Um, that, that hovers somewhere between a long-term investment and a, a, a PC card for me. Um, that man enjoyed pie, by the way. That, that man did. Pie, hot dogs, beer. I think uh, yeah, the size of him, yeah, he enjoyed everything. Um, and then I, I'm I'm starting to collect 1948 Leaf boxing cards, and that's another one that um, it's it's kind of like a PC thing for me. But I also, if I'm paying 25 to 50 bucks a card now, and then in three years, boxing has a resurgence and they go up to 300 bucks a card, I'm probably going to sell that set. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think for me. In 2018, I, I, I never really stopped buying cards, to be honest with you. I'd, I'd get cards here and there since childhood. 2018, with just kind of the boom of breaking online, I definitely got into it more. I would say five slices of my pie in 2018. I was always buying A stuff. So I'd actually even say seven slices of pie. My wife would make the joke that... I always tell her like what my cards are worth and she's like, you're never going to sell them. So why does it matter? <laughs> Whereas I think now it's become more like 50, 50 for me. I've definitely made some in- intentional purchases that I'm like, Hey, I'm going to buy this to, to grade and then flip. But at the same time, I'm still buying the A's and breaks and I still like will buy a card Juan Soto stuff. I'll, I'll buy his stuff. And knowing that even if it gets crazy priced, I just love him as a player. I just don't, I, I probably would sell it. I don't know. So I, I think for me, it's, it's more 50, 50. Whereas Three years ago, it was it was eighty twenty PC. I was definitely more invested in in, in PC. Yeah, I think if I could find a way to um, display and cherish base cards, because 
like you, I'm a huge A's fan. I would love to look at all my A's cards all the time. And maybe I need to get some binders and put them in, in the sheets. Um, but right now I have base cards and boxes and they are just overflowing, which makes me not want to PC anything because it just causes a mess. Um, so I think that that's why my PC side is so low is because I don't want, I, mean, I guess it's very curated. So like graded vintage, um, and a handful of players, um, trying to PC a team is, is overwhelming to me. What percentage of the people getting into the hobby right now, or at least in the past year are, are doing it because they're interested in collecting, do you think, as opposed to like making that quick buck? I think they are, I think most of them I would say are 75 to 90% focused on investing. And then they'll have a player or a team or, um, a set of cards that that will be PC for them. I think the vast majority and myself included are focused on the investment side, which I mean, honestly is kind of part of the hobby or in a hobby itself um, is, I mean, I, people that do stocks are now doing cards because they like the, the buying and the flipping and everything else. Um, and honestly, I think it's good for the card hobby because it's, it's bringing attention. It's bringing more people in. Um, I think a lot of it can get stupid with like base cards being ridiculous amounts, but at the same time, it's interest in a hobby that's been, or at least was waning for a good portion of the past 30 years. Do you think three, four years from now that because it's so, like you said, it's so heavily leaning toward investors right now and, and people trying to get into, I would even say make a quick buck. What, do you think that hurts the hobby though? And not, not in the long run, but even in the short run, like four years, there's some dude who like bought up every Kyle Lewis card and then he's 31. And I mean, Kyle Lewis is I mean, 31 and, and not playing the same. Like, do they care? Uh, absolutely. I mean, look at, look at the guys that probably bought um, like, Luca Prism cards at 2,500, 3,000 bucks. And now they're um, just above a thousand. Like I have no problem with investors getting in because I think they're going to get out faster than they got in. Um, if something like that happens. I mean, I think I saw something where like Mbappe cards were down 75% of where, what their hype was. Now, granted they skyrocketed like 3000. So they're still more than they were three months ago, but at the same time, anyone that bought that, that silver 2018 PSA 10 for $10,000 and it's selling for like four or 5,000 now, I think that's going to scare them out of the hobby. And I mean, that good. Yeah. I, 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 people that are only in it for the quick buck, I think um, initially they bring a lot of um, interest to the hobby but I also think that they're detrimental at some point with, um, I mean, with base cards being through the roof. So I think that, uh, I think it's going to happen in any hobby you get in and I'm happy to watch, to watch them make a lot of money and then lose a lot of money and then find their way out of the hobby. And obviously we've seen like just a huge, just the, the retail market, meaning like your targets, your Walmarts, your major, how do you say that? Meyer. <laughs> Meyer, there we go. They're spelling it wrong. Should we <laughs> tell are. them that? Um, but anyway, you, you we're, we're seeing just these crazy experiences where I, I don't know. I've seen videos of like and pictures of of people lined up 
I'll be stereotypical. Uh, dudes in their late 40s to, to early 50s, just hanging out, waiting for the, the vendor to stock the retail. And I would have to imagine that those people are, are generally investors. But I would argue that retail. I would use that. I would use that word lightly. Yeah, flippers. Flippers, (laughs) right? But I, I, I think, and this is what I'm going to ask you: like, what is the purpose of retail? And do you think that Tops and Panini, although they're they're making money, they're technically losing out on a lot of money by having these twenty dollar blaster boxes go for two hundred dollars online? So my question is: what What do you think? Who is the retail market? Who do you think it's intended for? I argue it's for the consumer. It's for like a mom buying cards for her kid um, and just being able to, to introduce people to the hobby. But it's, it's obviously changed a bunch. So what do you think is going to happen to retail? What's the purpose of retail? Uh, and then the contrast being like, is there, do you think from Tops and Panini's perspective, is there a difference between hobby and retail products? I think, I think there definitely is a, a difference um, in their minds. I mean, I think uh, one of the guys from Panini was on the GTS podcast. I think it's GTS, whoever the big distributor is, um, not too long ago. And, and they addressed a lot of that. And I can't remember exactly what he said, but he, he admitted that there, there was an issue and there, they need to figure out what to do with, with retail because it's not going to the people that it was intended to go to. Um, but I can also tell you, like, I'm, I'm big into bourbon. This happened in the bourbon collecting world three, four, five years ago, where your everyday shelf bourbons, you'd have people lining up up at the door to buy a, a, well, first it was supposed to be like a $35 bottle. Shops would mark it up to $80. Um, and then you'd have people waiting in line to go in and buy these just regular bourbons to sell for $125 and make $30, $40 bucks on, on the flip. Um, this happened with uh, hand sanitizer and toilet paper a few months back too. <laughs> Very recently, yes. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it's going to happen in in any hobby or industry that that gets hot. Um, I think all it's going to take is people getting burned a few times. I mean, what Panini could do is take hits out of retail products. Don't put autos in. Don't put anything in. If it's if they want it to go to kids make it less desirable for um, the quote unquote investors. Right. Cause I don't think the, the targets and the Walmarts, they shouldn't have to have like an employee working customer service just to regulate the, the sports cards or, or maybe they go the opposite and go more heavily into sports cards and have like a, a sports card section and you card, have a hard shop inside of a wall. Yeah, honestly. And I'm not saying I want that, but that to me is, I think it's, it's, it's gotten so prohibitive and I think it's granted I'm not anti-capitalistic. So I think that the market should be able to dictate a lot of this, but I do, I do think that just the idea of, of someone going in and purchasing all of the product to then sell it. I think that that to me is where it becomes a little problematic and I'm not, I've sold, I've sold wax. I've sold, um, I've sold product for sure, but I don't, I can honestly say, I don't think I've ever bought a sealed product with the intention of selling it. I, 
sometimes the prices have gotten so crazy, especially with basketball, that it doesn't make sense to hold it. And I do like to hold some sealed products. But all that to say, I, I think that there is, I would imagine the retail stores are going to look a lot different two years from now, either because the flipper people have gotten out of the, the game or because the the targets and walmarts have, have realized it's not a sustainable just work environment and, and just yep. the the vendors and the, there's a, a woman uh, at our local target um who my wife has actually gotten to know her a little bit because whenever she's at target she'll like check the sports <laughs> card section and the, and she like commiserated with my wife the other day just about how my wife's like, I used to be able to come in here and, and just pick up a box for my husband. Great wife, by the way. Yeah, um, and there's no, like, I can't do that anymore. And the, the vendor's like, I have, I have guys who will follow me on my whole route. And she's like, I've had to like switch up my schedule. Like I, I can't have any consistency in my, my week, my work week, because I have to switch it up every day because I'm getting nope. followed and stalked essentially. And that, that's, that's to me where it becomes a problem. So my, my last question about this is what do you think just in terms of, of the hobby, what's, uh, can we re- really call this a hobby anymore if it's leaning so heavily toward investors? I think it's definitely a hobby. I mean, it, people buying stocks, like day trading, that's a hobby to them. Um, I think that, I mean, before it was a hobby, it was an industry. I mean, Tops and Panini, their number one goal is not to get autographs into collectors' hands. Their number what? one goal is to Kevin, make money. What? Stop. <laughs> Crazy. Um, so, yeah, I, I absolutely think it's a hobby. I think um, the hobby will change. I mean, from the time when I was a kid and packs were a, a dollar, if that, um, to rip and there was no such thing as, as auto autos impacts, um, to what it was in the, I don't know, late early nineties where it was just, uh, it was just garbage on top of garbage, um, to now when, I mean, you, you see boxes going for $10,000 or more, um, it, hobby changes, but it's still a hobby. That's fine. Yeah. I, no, I would agree with that. I do think that at a certain point, I, I don't think I have a good sense of how much people are spending and speculating. I think with with the stock market, I, I, my limited experience with it, like I know people who have like lost their butts by just speculating wrong and they're like, dude, I'm done with this. Or they become a lot more conservative. And I, I think we're very we're very young in the the speculating that the treating sports cards like IPOs people have always bought cards with the intention of like, Hey, I'm going to see how much money I can get for this down the road, but treating I mean, them like, look at Bowman. St- yeah, exactly. Bowman is all Bowman's hundred percent build. I, I, you saw me yesterday. I ripped a box of 2020 Bowman Chrome, which we'll get to at the very end. And I, I hit a card. I, I honestly, I was, I was like, none of these dudes, like I, I didn't know any of them. And I looked one of them up and it's this pitcher for the Yankees, OCL Rodriguez, and he's 17 or 18 years old. They signed him out of Cuba. And that's just sitting on a lottery ticket. Like that's a, probably a $20. It was a blue refractor. It's probably a $30 card now if I sold it, maybe a little bit more. But if he becomes, he, he was compared to Jose Fernandez, rest in peace. But if he becomes a Jose Fernandez, that's a several hundred dollar card. Yep. Graded, it might be more than that. 
and if he doesn't, <laughs> then that's a <laughs> that's essentially worthless. So all that to say, it'll be interesting to see what happens with just these speculators when they start losing money. Um, Cause yeah. right now they're, they're, they're continually making it. You could buy, you could spend $500 on a, a box of soccer cards and sell them for make 200 bucks almost instantly. Um, and if you win one of these lotteries, like we won for tops Chrome, like we both chose to rip our Ben Baller cards. But if you, if you sold them rather than ripping them, you, you would have tripled up your money. So until people start losing regularly, I think, it's going to lean more and more into the investors. And, and the more we get celebrities and pop culture people diving into the sports world, I, I think that, or sports cars, I, I think it's going to, I think it's going to continue to, to lean this way. I would kind of push back when you said it's not really a hobby. I think it's, or when you said it is a hobby still, I think it is, but I think like when I see people's reactions online to products like Allen and Ginter, which we'll transition into in a second, I, and, and they're like, this is so dumb. Like I gotta, like, they're just not understanding that. Like for some people, it's just about collecting the cards rather than like, yep. like, why do I have a chicken card? Why do I have a monster under my bed card? Like that type of stuff. I think it's funny to, or not funny. It's interesting that there are still so many people who don't understand that this is a hobby. And there's people who are like, wait, how do I sell this chicken card to make money? So and yeah, you. I mean, you look at some of the the classic hobbies out there, like the people that build ship, ships and bottles. That I mean, that's you're throwing money away. Granted, you're getting enjoyment out of it, but it's never going to be worth anything. Building How model are they getting cars, enjoyment out of it. <laughs> I, I don't know. Building train sets, like sure. it's a money pit. So yes, in in that in that sense, it's not a hobby. I I there's no way in hell I'm going to go buy a case of. 1993 Donruss baseball um just for the fun of the rip for the fun of the rip I mean I I I'd throw it in my fireplace before I ripped it um but I guess it all depends on what your definition of hobby is so speaking of Alan and Ginster I think we're gonna play a little game right now right we are so for those of you who, I mean, I think everyone knows what Alan and Ginter is, but for those of you, the three of you, well, I guess there's only three people listening. So the one of you that doesn't know what Alan and Ginter is. It's um, my mom. It, right. Uh, it's, a, it's a baseball set from Tops, but they also include um, a bunch of people from pop culture. Uh, there's baseball writers in it. There's pictures of chickens. There's landmarks. There's all kinds. The... The set is massive. And it's um, based off a, uh, an old tobacco company called Allen & Ginter yep. from the 1860s. When, when, pe- when people had nothing more to do. They were building there ships was no, and there was, there was no TVs, so they had to look, <laughs> they had to look at little pieces of card, cardboard to, uh, to get enjoyment. Which so, says a lot uh, about society because we're still doing that exact thing. Just 100%. <laughs> 100%. So I, I looked at the, I actually didn't look at the, the base card checklist. I looked at the autograph checklist because the base card checklist was way too big. And I pulled five names out um, of that. And I'm going to quiz Dan to see if he knows who, who these people are. I'm ready. Let's go. All right. First one, Kelsey Cook. Oh, KC. Uh, okay. So Kelsey's a tough name too. Probably a woman, but we have Kelsey Grammer That's famously. Uh, okay, I'm gonna guess Kelsey Cook is some sort of Olympian. No, 
Okay. She is, she is okay. a, well, I assume it's a she as well, a comedian and a pro foosball player. Oh, man. Not football what player, foosball player. Got it. Understood. Okay. Yeah. I was, I honestly was going to guess comedian. I know they have a lot of comedians. They do I have a lot of comedians off. this year. Um, let's go with um, Chris Bridges. Uh, Seabridge. Chris Bridges sounds like a magician. No, that is actually a, that is a rapper, also known oh. as Ludacris. Oh, no. <laughs> How did I not know that? Yes. Also, I saw one of the Ludacris cards. He, do you see where he signed it? No. He does not sign in the right place. It's like <laughs> you have the little auto spot, and he signs like on the microphone. I mean, it still looks cool. How much are those going for? Do you know? I don't know, but I'm going to buy one. I love, I love rapper shit. cards. I have Big Boy. I have uh, uh, Bismarcky, and I think I have a Method Man. Um, That's I'm awesome. All, I'm all about it. You didn't uh, pick up Post Malone last year? No, he is not. Those go for stupid money. I know. He's, okay. Yeah, and I wasn't gonna. I think those those were like three hundred bucks when they came out, and I wasn't dropping. Oh, that. I think they're more. I think they're they were five. I think they're still around there. All right, we're gonna go with. Uh, let's see. Najia Knight. Oh, skater. No nope. skateboarder. Pro what? bull what? Pro bull rider. What? Well, Okay. There's I, thought, a, I was so, do you hear how confident I was? <laughs> I thought I knew. Yeah, because there was a name that was very similar to that one right below it on the, on the checklist on Cardboard Connection that was a skater. So Dang it. Okay. Um, I, I get you. This game's terrible. It is. Um, Robert Lawrence Stein. Uh, he sounds like an explorer from 1865, like a cut auto, but that's not going to be my guess. Uh, I'm going to guess some sort of, writer that is correct he's also known oh, as R.L. Stein. Stein yes oh, okay so, all right author of the Goosebumps books which I love funny a- is I didn't make that connection but <laughs> he did sound scholarly all right last one um Aaron Fotheringham also sounds okay, like an so explorer I'm- from the 1860s yeah yeah I'm one for five here Aaron is he an actor no this one, I, I picked him because of what his profession is. He is a wheelchair motocross athlete, which I don't know I, how that works. I don't either. But I want to see amazing. it. Yeah, I do as well. Did you see, I did see that they had tops executives in here as well. Tops designers and, and whatnot. So this, 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 does, uh, this does beg the question about who is buying this product. And I think it, this product is intended for hobbyists, which is- absolutely which is what I, I think makes a lot of people like, it's why I'm fond of the product. I don't buy much of it. In fact, I haven't gotten any this year, but I've watched some breaks. I've watched you do a break. I've watched Charlie at Chuck sports cards do a break. And it's a really fun product to see. Yeah. I, I watched, I actually watched an entire break, a case break, which took forever. I lied. I didn't watch <laughs> the entire one, but I watched a lot of it with my son who's 12 and he was loving it. He's like, he loved all the monsters and like yep. where the monsters live cards and all that. So it's a really fun product. This, We're going to transition. That, this is a set that I would love to take the time and PC and every year build out the entire Maybe not autograph set, but the entire like base card with all the inserts and subsets and whatnot. I think it'd be an absolute blast. I love Alan and Ginter. I just don't have yeah. the time to <laughs> to collect it. No, it's super fun. I think one of the uh, just kind of wrap up the uh, a nerdy thing a couple of us got into <laughs> during quarantine, shelter in place was 
sending sending cards off to get signed from players and whatnot. And I've seen a lot of people, there's a whole culture. We maybe could do a, another episode on, on the TTM culture, which is through the mail, people sending cards off to get signed. Anyway, a lot of people use Ginter and yeah. get the Ginter celebrities signed, which is kind I love of fun. It. Yeah, I love way it. cool. And, it's, right, uh, and, it's, and it's not a, uh, it's an easy signable card. It's not like a Chrome card or anything like that. Totally. It's nice paper. So any pen's going to look decent on it. So here's what we're going to do now to, to, train, to kind of wrap up the episode. We're going to do this on each episode, at least when there's new products out. We're going to rate some products. We've come up with a very scientific, 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 scientized, a scientized scale of, uh, with four different criteria that we're going to evaluate different products on. We're going to look at four, we'll look at four products today. We're going to look at, yeah, we're going to go four. Uh, we're going to go Allen and Ginter. We'll start with that. Then we'll transition into Topps Chrome Ben Baller since we ripped that. And then we'll do okay. two new products, which is going to be Bowman Chrome 2020 and Mosaic Football. Okay. Like it. All right. So let's start with Ginter. Our four categories are originality, which is, in my mind, does this add anything to the marketplace? And is the product original in and of itself? Second is going to be design, just the aesthetic of the card. Third is the checklist. Is it a checklist we've seen before? Is it just a, a reboot of a previous checklist? How interesting is the checklist? And then finally, Zeet Factor, which is uh, what we're going to say is just our overall feel of the card. It's the je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi. On a one to five je scale. Zeet quoi. Zen- <laughs> uh, okay, Alan and Ginter, originality scale one to five. I'd give it a five. I mean... Outside of uh, um, Goodwin Champions, there's really nothing else like it out there. Yeah, five for sure. Uh, design, the aesthetic, obviously it's going to look pretty similar year to year. Yeah, it, I mean, it, there's really no huge difference, but at the same time, the cards are beautiful. I'm a big fan. I love the the artistic, um, almost like painting look. Um, I'm a fan. I'll give it a four. Yeah, I was going to go four as well. I I, I like again it's not a card there's got to be a reason in my head that i don't buy much of it and i'm sure some of it is value and investment i'm sure there's that that piece of the pie see what i did there brought it back but i I think that i don't know the design to me it's similar enough year to year where i don't know i'd like to see him switch it up a little bit which there's a chrome coming out right so maybe that's the switch. I think there's I've been a Chrome, for. and there's an. I mean, in the past, there's been an X, which is online only, and it's a black background versus the the tan or taupe color. Yeah. Um, All right. Checklist, cool. one to five. I can go both ways on this, from a, a one to a five. I mean, the five being. It's just all expansive. You have like the monsters on their bed. You have the landmarks. You have flags. You have all kinds of stuff, which is a lot of fun. But from a collecting standpoint, God, I don't know how many cases you'd have to buy to get the entire set in, in, um, to complete a set. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to call this a a three. I'm going to take the middle. I'm going to go to mainly in terms of the hits. I think that if you're paying a hundred plus dollars for a hobby box and you hit there's like a some seven-year-old actor who was in like one movie if you hit that as your auto um again not even from an investment standpoint just like a cool auto like if i hit a tops employee and a piece of a shirt of some comedian i never heard of i I would be disappointed but let's be honest a hundred bucks for a, a hobby box you ain't gonna find one for much cheaper these days no, for sure. So that, that, <laughs> there's that side of it, just in terms of value. Overall, Zeet factor, one to five. 
I give it a I give it a four. I'm a fan. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go three. I can go either way on it. Next product is Ben Baller Tops Chrome. We talked about it a lot last week, so we don't need to get into it too much, but we've both ripped a box since then. Yep. And we both did incredibly well. Yep. So originality. I'm gonna I'm gonna go two. I mean, I yeah. like I like the fact that that Tops is is working with with artists. I love that. But at the same time, it just wasn't enough difference for me from the regular Tops Chrome. The backs are identical. The backs are identical. Cardstock's a little better. The gloss and the chrome itself is actually a little better. But yeah, I'm going to go two. I think that this felt like a beta test. In some ways, I really liked it. But in some ways, yeah, the originality. The back was literally the same as Topps Chrome, which to me is inexcusable. Uh, They saved money. And the photos were the same. Like that to me doesn't seem like a tough fix. Yeah. Um, Okay. So number two, design. That's kind of the same. I, I liked the card stock, which is better. I'm going to give it a, yep. a three on design. Um, uh, I'm going to keep it at a two. I, I hope what this is leading to in the future is for future um, standard Topps Chrome sets that there will be a Ben Baller insert set where yeah. he gets to design the card. He gets to have complete creative control over what that card looks like or insert another artist here um that's what i want to see i don't want to see tops chrome with a few new lines drawn on it um i'm going to and uh checklist and you can you can go checklist and zeet factor together uh checklist i would go one because it wasn't really that much different from tops chrome i did like the uh the ben baller insert um, die cut cards, though I'm not a huge fan of die cut cards. Um, I would have rather have seen them do a hundred card checklist and um, maybe maybe a couple more insert sets. And then seat factor. Despite all my low scores, I'm going to give it a four. I mean, it, I think this is the beginning. I mean, I I think twenty uh, project twenty twenty was the beginning. I think this is the next step for tops. I think this is going to be huge. I think we're going to see a lot more sets come out of um, this this genesis. Um, I'm a fan. Yeah, and I, I think, so for me, checklist is a two. And actually, one thing that I would like to have seen, so I, it was clear, like, if it's going to be a Ben Baller curated set, he hates the Astros. It's been very clear on his, like, on his YouTube videos. When I've heard him talk, he literally, he bent, I, on one video I watched, he, like, <laughs> bent up Astros cards. Yet, there's Jose Altuve autographs in there. And I would like to just see some something a little bit more intentional with the checklist. Like, you had, we had freaking Gary V exclusive cards. Yeah. Uh, where he picked his his favorite players or whatever. And I, I think that's what should have happened in this set. And I'd like to see moving forward, like the 10 autos or whatever. I'm fine if they're random. I'm fine if it's even Dodgers heavy. But I, I think it would be cool to have them be people that Ben Baller hand-selected yep. for the autos. And just a little bit more creative control and just in, just being intentional. So I'm like a two on the checklist. And I'm actually, I'm a four as well on the Z factor, despite all my low scores. It's a really cool product. We both did really well. And I, my sorting, I didn't mention this, uh, going back to checklist. My checklist is a one, actually. <laughs> I, I, 96 cards in a box. I think I got 30 unique cards. I, I got doubles, triples, quadruplets of, 
about 15 to 16 cards. It was insane. So the sorting was terrible. Anyway, uh, do we want to do Chrome and Mosaic or just pick one? I'm fine either way. We can do both. All right, let's do both. Uh, Let's go Chrome first. Start with Originality. Can I give it a zero? You can. I I think of any baseball set that's out there right now, um, Bowman needs an overhaul. I don't. And maybe it's not, maybe it's because I'm not a prospect guy, but I'm just, I'm sick of Bowman. Yeah, I, I will agree with you. I'm going to go two. I, I don't think it needs a drastic overhaul. I just think that here's why I like Bowman. I do like prospects. I do like following the minor leagues a little bit. And as opposed to basketball and football, granted football is college football, um, but you have, you have thousands of players in the minor leagues in baseball. And you never know which one of these dudes is going to make it. Like, obviously, the first round guys are going to get a better shot. But there's always that third rounder, fourth rounder, international signee who makes it. And that's why I like Bowman. I think that's why you do need an expansive product. That being said, Bowman Chrome, having ripped a box, there's no base first Bowmans. So even though they're all Chromes, they're all second year, third year cards and veteran cards, unless you hit an auto. So that in and of itself, I think, needs to be overhauled. I think they should do the entire checklist using your international signees and maybe like just being a deeper cut if Bowman Chrome just went deeper, which brings us to uh, design. Uh, I, I'm going to go. It's, it's a three. I like this year's Bowman, but I like this. Year, I like different. the look of it. I like the, uh, the shiny borders with the, with the Bowman written in it. I'm a fan. And then checklist this year's checklist actually is way better than, Last year's Bowman Chrome, but again, these none of these guys can make the big league, so who knows? But as far as intrigue with prospects, you have Acuna's brother, you have Baron Laura, you have Eric Pena, who I've been following a little bit with the Royals. There's a bunch of guys who have who are really interesting. Last year, you had Seth Beer from the Astros. Like there was just nothing. So um, I, I think this year was a lot more interesting, just in terms of the checklist. I'm Here, go, here's my actually, prob- I'll go four. Here's my problem with the checklist, and it, it's. I'm expanding it out from Bowman Chrome. You have Bowman Draft, you have Bowman Chrome, and then you have Bowman. Trying to keep all that straight and the the different checklists and everything else, I hate it. I mean, it's and it probably goes back to my my boxes of base cards everywhere. I don't have time to sit down and sort and everything else. I I just think this is where the overhaul comes in. Figure it out make it first Bowman, make it rookies and make it superstars. I mean, yeah, Bowman Chrome was called first Bowman Chrome and that's the set. That would be an awesome set. Exactly. I don't need a, I don't need a Springer. Yeah. I don't need a, I don't need a third, third year, um, double a guy for the, no. for the fourth time. Like I do, I do like one thing I love about Bowman just in general, back to the checklist portion is, I there's been several times like for example three years ago in Bowman draft I hit a Jordan Groshans red number to five and for me that that's like a guy I now follow in the minors like how's he doing like granted I have a literal vested interest in it but I didn't know who he was before draft you know what I mean (laughs) and this dude I hit yesterday I bought that HTA box for with three autos this Yankees pitcher I don't like the Yankees at all but I'm interested to see how this guy does I'll be following him so if we ever have minor league baseball again and then finally, just Zeet factor on that. I'm low. I'm, I'm like a two. 
I bought one box. I will I will not even consider buying another box. Oh, I forgot you year. bought a box. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go three. Last year I was a one. I did not buy a box. I think that last year's checklist was pathetic. But I do think that this year has a lot of interesting products or pro- prospects. And I think that I'm like a three. I bought a box. I don't actually even regret the box I bought, but I Bowman Draft is my favorite product of the year. I'm really excited for that. And this kind of just will tide me over. So I'm a three on Chrome. Finish off with Mosaic. Football is more your wheelhouse than my house. House and, of wheels. And I wouldn't even call it my wheelhouse. Okay. It's near I, your I wheelhouse. I like football. I don't buy a whole lot of football cards. So this should, this should be a fun one. Okay. So first <laughs> off. We're um, talking about what we have no idea about. Yeah, I love that. Uh, but that's but that to me is the other problem with the card market is you have these people speculating on Bayron Laura. They couldn't tell you one thing about Bayron Laura yeah. or Luis Angel and Kuna. Yeah. So I think I think with us talking about mosaic football is like ninety percent right of in. people talk. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're good to go. Okay. So first of all, hobby boxes listed around eight hundred dollars. So let's start with that. Um, and is this a retail product? I don't know if it is. I have not seen it's supposed it supposed to be retail. I know basketball was in retail. I don't know if football is going to be. I'll, I'll find out right now. But as we're doing that, let's just start with originality. How do you feel about Mosaic in general? Um, I, I like it. I think it's a good-looking card. I do not like the price point behind it. No, it's um, terrible. It's, it's crazy. It is, uh, there's a retail, by the way. We'll never see it, but there is retail. There is retail. Um, but I, I like the look of the cards. I think it's... I. I am an unabashed Prism hater. I will buy Prism so I can get the hits, but I think it's a, a terrible looking card. Um, but I think I think Mosaic is a step up from that. Okay, I'm the opposite. I, in terms of originality, I think I love Prism. And I love, I actually, I don't buy much football, but back when it used to be, when you could buy it <laughs> at retail, I would always pick up blasters of prism. Um, I, in fact, I bought a, I'll, I may never see it, but I bought on eBay last year, a prism green numbered to 75, I think Kyler Murray auto, which is still in Panini redemption hell. So I've been waiting on, on that for a and year. For the but next I, three years. I, yeah. But <laughs> it's been funny. It's like watching a, a stock rise, but there's no tangible anything for it. <laughs> so anyway, all that to say, I love Prism. This product for me is a two. I think this is like junior varsity Prism. I, I don't like the look of it. I don't like the look of it in basketball. And I think part of it for me is I'm just soured by the the pricing just being so outrageous for it. Like if, the, if I could buy a blaster of this for 20 bucks, yeah, sure, I'd do it. But as far as originality, it feels like Prism Junior. So I'm going two. Design this year. How do you feel about prism designs? Very similar. If you haven't seen it, to mosaic design basketball. Oh, sorry, sorry. Mosaic design. Very similar to prism mosaic. I like it. I, I like the different colors. I like. I'm. A, I'm a fan. I'll give it a. I give the design a four. Yeah, I'm gonna go three. I. I do think it's. I have a hard time with with the sets and prism can be this way a little bit, but at least with prism you see part of the actual background with some some design layered over it with mosaic just the the player hovering over like just like a hologram over sparkles yeah <laughs> over sparkles to me i i don't know it's to me it feels like a a product meant for kids 
which I don't, I know it's not, but it, it feels like it's very like up, appealing looking, but at, at this price point, it's just insane to me. And I know I'm letting price really influence my, my thoughts. So I will stick with it. Just my thoughts in general. I, I like a card where you can see the, the player in the context of where they are rather than just floating on graphics. So I'm going a two for the design on mosaic. And checklist, I'll be honest. I have not seen it. I have not looked at it. I've seen some of the inserts. Um, I sprung this on you, so you it's did. not your fault. Um, I, I like, the, uh, I like the, the look of the inserts. Um, so I'm going to go four. Yeah, I'm on group break checklist right now. And what I do like about it is there, at least if you're, if you're someone who's after autographs, you have a good variety of autographs for each team. So in that regard, I think the checklist is, is pretty expansive. And I think that with a product that is retail and hobby, you do need that large checklist. So I'm going to go three. You have all these big rookies. It's been crazy to watch this year, especially just the card market that it used to be just quarterbacks. And now you're getting, I, I was going through some of my old cards yesterday and just some old, some players that, that really positions weren't, on the par of, of quarterbacks, like th those cards are going for a lot. So I, I think there's a lot of potential here. So I'm gonna go three. You, you have a lot of, it's not effect. just, let's get Joe Burrow. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, let's let's Zeet wrap factor. this up with the Zeet factor. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go four and I'll give you the reason. I think that Mosaic is kind of what football needed. I think football is always seen as the, the bronze medal behind basketball and baseball. Um, and with soccer coming up, I think that there was uh, some fear of them moving to fourth. Um, they needed something flashy. And I think mosaic is it. Yeah, I'm going to go, I'll, I'll go four, and here's why not, not for me, but I think just in terms of the product itself, it fills that void that you're saying, especially with prison being delayed. Yep. I, I think that, it's something that if I saw it, I would buy it and I wouldn't, I wouldn't flip it. I, I would, I would open it. You'd enjoy the one rip. thing. One thing I think that could make this number nosedive though, is last year we had some amazing rookies the year before we had some amazing rookies. So I think that's football is because similar to basketball, but even more so I think with football, when a player gets drafted, there's an expectation that they perform right away. And last year we had, I mean, one example is Kyler, obviously. And you, you just, you need for football to, to have the extra Z factor and like the buzz you need yep. Joe Burrow to perform. You need these top picks to come in there and, and dominate. So I, I think that, that to me will kind of indicate where this product goes over the next couple months, especially with prison being delayed. I think that'll be a huge part of it. Any Ooh. just closing thoughts on the hobby in general? Are you optimistic about the future or pessimistic about the pie? I am will? cautiously optimistic. I'm, I think, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of change over the next two or three years. I think we'll see, I think we'll see another grading company pop up. Um, that will be a true, um, Third, I do not count SGC. My <laughs> SGC um, complaints are they don't count me either. They, they've blocked me. Um, I, I do not like them at all. I think we'll see a third 
a true grading company pop up um, that will Z hope, grading. There we go. That will help allevi- alleviate some of the the issues and the backups that that Beckett and PSA have right now. Um, can I can I speak to that real quick? I think yeah. what uh, <laughs> although this is probably a separate topic, I think grading would be a great topic. I think what what will differentiate and where I would trust a third party grader, like a new grader, if they were completely automated, like if it was scientific, like yep. that they work with the companies like Tops and Panini to, to where they get, I, from a design standpoint, like this is what a perfect 10 is supposed to look like just on a computer um, from Tops. And then this third party Zeke grading or whatever it's going to be called probably that would be able to literally have it automated where a computer scans it. Like what? there's so much human error involved in grading right now. I, that, that to me, that's when I would trust the company. Like centering should be automated a hundred percent. hundred percent. Corners should be automated a hundred percent. I mean, you, you can tell if a corner is not square. Um, yeah, uh, I'm with you. I know that um, there's a comic grading company that is flirting with getting into sports cards. I think Ooh. they've already announced that they are. Um, will they be it? I don't know. Um, but I could also see like um, uh, check out my cards doing something. I mean, they're they're already doing their own grading submissions, and they're. I'm not going to trust a card seller. Yeah, I, I, I could <laughs> see I get what you're saying. like the whole eBay, PayPal and how they split off. Um, I, I just think that there's a need for, for a legit third um, card grader. And I, I think that'll be coming. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have, yeah. To, we'll, I have so many thoughts on grading. We'll have to do that for a, we'll a future separately. episode. And I, I think just in closing, I, I, I'm okay where I'm at with the the balance that I have between investing and the hobby itself. Like I, I still, I, I think there can be times where I get consumed with what a card's worth or whatever. But at the end of the day, like I still am buying the A stuff that I find interesting. I'm still PCing Matt Chapman and, and so for me, like going after Ramon Laureano cards is always yeah. going to be fun and I'm not going to probably flip those cards. And grading is a piece of that that we can talk about later, but I'm still going to grade cards that I, I want to hold on to. So I think where it's going to be interesting in two years from now when the dust settles from the pandemic and just seeing who's remaining. And um, hopefully that this this new burst of energy and money into the hobby will will get some innovation like the Ben Baller stuff we've seen and that they would they would fine tune that and maybe maybe beta test it a little bit <laughs> behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, great chat today, Kev. Yes, fantastic. Episode two in the books. Um, yeah. And my voice, uh, I just feel like a better, I feel like a man. You you sound you sound like a man. Thanks, Kevin. Which you didn't last week. Did not. <laughs> All right. See you guys later.